You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Wisconsin Sports Heroics Podcast on the Packernet Podcast Network. I'm here with my co-host, McQuaid Arnold. I forgot to mention my name, Sam Ullman. Here with my co-host, McQuaid. McQuaid, how are you doing? I'm doing uh, I'm doing all right. So recovering from uh, the game, uh, both mentally and physically. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, I'm doing all right, though. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, I mean, kind of kind of just now getting over, you know, the the beating the Justin Jefferson PTSD. Um, but yeah, there's, there's kind of been, you know, we've had today to kind of decompress, kind of look back at the game and see what went wrong. And so we're going to kind of cover that, cover some other stuff that um, we found notable or interesting or, you know, very frustrating, which is probably going to be the case with a lot of things in this game. Um, but yeah, we're, we'll, we're going to get into that. So if you were under a rock for this game, the Packers lost 23 to seven, uh, to the Minnesota Vikings on the road. Justin Jefferson had, I believe it was a career high for him in receiving. He had nine receptions for 184 yards and two touchdowns, just a absolute beat down of the Packers secondary. Um, did it a lot of different ways, did it by beating one-on-one coverage by, get taking advantage of miscommunication there was just there's a lot of ways he was he was able to get open um but i think that that's probably that's kind of the overarching theme that you know people have been talking about since that game um what 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 were your thoughts initial thoughts on the game coming coming out of that McQuaid? uh you know obviously there was a lot of uh, um disappointment in, in week one. However, I think that us Packer fans have kind of gotten used to week one being a, just a bye week for Green Bay. <laughs> last couple of years, they just kind of punched it on week one. And whether you agree with that or disagree with that, um, that's obviously your prerogative. But uh, it was very, very nice to see some positives taken away from this game. Um, my biggest one was uh, I was there in person, right? Did not see any big special team miscues. That was yeah, uh, a that's big true. Green Bay, uh, very big positive. And then I know, I know he dropped the pass, but Christian Watson is a animal. He is a freak of nature athlete. He is so fast. He's going to outrun any any secondary that that lines up against him. Give him a little bit to get over the drops or whatever it is, um, and he's going to be a playmaker for this. If, if this offense can get uh, um, the offensive line squared away, which I think they will with Bakhtiari and Elton yeah. Jenkins returning eventually. Um, and Adam Sinovich will always do his thing with the offensive line. I'm not, I know they didn't play very well, but I'm honestly not too concerned with the offensive line long-term. Uh, but if they can get that offensive line squared away or when they do, and those play-action plays start to start to happen <laughs> and develop, Christian yeah. Watson is going to beat defenses badly. 
Yeah, and, and to your point, you know, there was the obviously, you know, everyone saw the first pass of the game, you know, the deep, deep, it was basically just a go route um, yep. with a little double move attached, but he beats Patrick Peterson one-on-one <laughs> and just drops the ball. But even, you know, that wasn't the only time, right? Uh, even on the, uh, if you think back to the sack fumble that Aaron Rodgers had where he got really nailed and there was kind of some concern for, for a little bit that he might have been injured. But on that play, they're, you know, they're rolling out and they actually have Watson running straight down the sideline wide open. He had actually split a double team in this Vikings secondary. And if Rodgers has had more time, been able to pull the trigger, he would that would have been another long touchdown. Um, even And then, you know, some other there – were, there were other passes where he was open too. I was just re- kind of rewatching some of the game and uh, – there, there was a play where essentially Watson, he, he finds a soft spot in the Vikings secondary and just sits down there. He's wide open, but for whatever reason, Rogers doesn't throw the ball. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head, whether it was pressure or not, but he's going to, he's getting open, right? Watson is getting open. We just need to get time for the offensive line or from the offensive line. And we need to have Rogers trust him and, and trust him enough to make those throws. As, as as strange as it sounds, you know, I'm I'm pretty optimistic about this, but the potential of, of this offense, even after you know, scoring seven points in week one and that being a, a, a yeah. run only or only on a run play, so um, I think these rookie wide receivers can be something legit, and and I'm very excited to see that happen. Um, by week 18, they're going to have stuff figured out, and I think yeah. that that's going to be dangerous for this offense. Man, I can't say enough. Christian Watson is an absolute animal. Um, the, his his on field speed is every bit of his forty time that you yeah. saw in in in, in uh, training camp or or, or the end of the combine. Yeah, for for sure, and he's he's doing other stuff. Like they had him out on the field a lot. You know, he was blocking. They got him on a jet sweep, got him some yardage that way. They were using him on RPOs a little bit. I don't think he ever got the ball on those, but he they they are finding ways. They're they're trying to find ways to use that playmaking playmaking ability to the offense's advantage and. I think once they once that starts to click, he could become a really really exciting option and uh, part of the part of the Packers offense. Yep, just to- overall weapon. He's gonna be he's gonna be big. I, I'm, yeah. I'm very excited for for him going forward. Yeah, definitely. And uh, another kind of sticking on the offense. Another guy I was excited to see back is Robert Tunyon. I mean, it, it, he didn't do a whole lot. He had one nice catch where he was able to sneak out the backside of a play action uh, concept on kind of a, a leak type route but um you know he was able to get some run after catch but it was just good to see him out there it was good to see him out there running routes making catches um i think he can be a big part of this offense he didn't get a whole lot of opportunities i think he's still kind of they're still easing him back from injury might have him on a bit of a pitch pitch count or uh limited limited snap number but um it was great to see him back out there yeah i think it was great to see him being able to run full speed and run run routes and and do um tight end one things you're right it was kind of a, a slow day for him it was really a slow day for all receivers in in, yeah. in, in general um so that that was a, a little bit of a, a a bummer the one thing that i think i always i didn't I, I didn't see it during the game because in person you don't see as much as you know what the tv mm-hmm. will show you or or you know replays but um jay canson the right guard he may have played himself off the team yeah i think that next week or it's just off the starting rotation i think that next yeah. week is a very real chance we see the rookie uh and either of the rookies um get some real playing time 
at guard or or at tackle and move someone else over to guard, whatever it is. Um, that Jake Hansen single handedly, I think, gave up three or four pressures, and they were almost yeah. immediate. Like mm-hmm. so, um, I think that that was that was a a, a very <laughs> questionable uh, performance from him. But uh, there were there were so I think Josh Nijman he played a really good game uh, overall. Um, I can't remember who else it was. There was there two or the five played played decent, and the rest were were, were subpar. So, uh, like we already we already mentioned, that'll change when Bacciari and, and Jenkins come back. But for next week, you know, Chicago, we're gonna have to uh, you know make they they still have a pretty good pass rush. They have some good front seven, so we have to make sure that that's short up before uh, um, Chicago comes to town. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I would agree. I, I think the whole right side of the line with Royce Newman at right tackle as well was a liability. Um, you, it will it will be interesting to see how they shuffle that a little bit because John Runyon Jr. did go out with a concussion, um, or at least he was being evaluated for a concussion and he never came back in. Mm-hmm. So it's he it's possible that he may be out this week for the Bears game. We still don't know for sure, um, but yeah, I it'll be interesting to see what. It's possible Elton Jenkins may be back, though it sounds like they are hoping to hold him out uh, at least for this Bears week and have him come back for the Buccaneers game in week three. It's possible they want to move Zach Tom there. Uh, it, it'll be definitely something to watch, as always, to see who's going to be who's kind of moving up in the in the depth chart on that offensive line. Um, other than that, I yeah I, I agree that Josh Nyman he he played well. Um, saw some good stuff from that left side of the line. I thought the running backs played really well. Um, I mean, both of them, I think that A.J. Dillon was, at one point in the game, he was the only Packers offensive player really still, like, giving giving full effort. Yeah, it felt like at, there was a point in the game where they were just kind of, the, the team was down, they were off um, on their heels, they were kind of, you know, sputtering, and A.J. Dillon, he just kept running hard, kept finding contact, pushing through that, and really kind of trying to give the offense a jolt. So I, I really liked what we saw from the running backs. I just wish that, especially Aaron Jones, had been used in the passing game a bit more. Yeah, I think that the Minnesota did a really good job of, of getting Green Bay to play to play the type of game they didn't want to play, which is pass first. Um, and, and Which is funny you say that with Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback, but with given the receiving cores, I think they would want to be able to lean, lean on the running game and then you pass when you want to. And in this game, just right from the jump, you know, we got out to a double-digit deficit fairly, fairly fast. And, uh, um, you know, Green Bay, just they, they didn't utilize Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon, I think, the way they should have um, throughout the entire game. But yeah. part of it was just getting them, uh, you know, touches, period, whether that's A.J. Dillon on the ground or Aaron Jones through the air. No, they, they both of them, I think Aaron Jones was our leading receiver as far as receptions go, so or he's he was top. Uh, I think it was it was actually AJ Dillon five receptions oh, for forty six yards. Yeah, it was AJ Dillon. So the running backs they were getting they were getting involved. Um, it was just you know I think it was too little too late when it came to wanting to establish the run to pass when you want. So that was something that that I think will get squared away next week or just throughout the course of the season. You know they'll run the ball more when they want to. Yeah, definitely. Um, before we sw- uh, jump over to the defense, want to remind you that uh, we have teamed up once again with pristineauction.com on another great giveaway for you, our listeners. 
On Monday, we'll be giving away a Jordy Nelson signed football championship trophy. To win, all you have to do is head to pristineauction.com to register or just follow the link in the podcast description. When you register, use use our registration code FARV to be entered. And Pristine Auction will kick in $10 off your first winning auction. That drawing will be held Monday, September 19th. All right, we'll be back after a few messages from our sponsors. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Welcome back. Um, now, let, let's let's go over the defense a little bit. It was It was a weird performance because... In the moment, it felt like they were just giving up everything. Just Justin Jefferson was running all over them, and he was. But they also only allowed 23 points. It, it felt like a really weird weird boomer-bust type defense, right? That it felt like every drive was either going to be a massive Justin Jefferson passing play or it was going to be they were going to force a punt. And so it's kind of hard to know what to think. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on the defensive performance? You know, seeing it in person, I agree with you 100%. It was Justin, Justin Jefferson or nothing. You know, I think this, is, this was honestly one of those games where it was just one of the best wide receivers in the game just taking over. And, and we've seen that time and time again with Justin Jefferson, especially against Green Bay. Um, there were some, some areas of improvement. The secondary didn't play very well. Eric Stokes had, had a iffy game at best. Uh, but I think that... Rashawn Gary once again shows he's an absolute monster. He was he he was out there manhandling people. 
on that defensive line. Um, and, you know, I think Devondre Campbell, I'm pretty sure he was our leading leading tackler for the game. He had a really solid game. Quay Walker, before he got hurt, which we found out today, you know, hopefully, or thank goodness, that, I don't think that's long-term at all. Yeah. Um, he was flying around out there. So there was, there was, there was a lot of positive takeaway from this game. And I think that, you know, one drubbing of 23 points against, you know, one player who, 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 who had what 50% of their offensive yards, maybe even more, um, yeah. isn't something to, to get too, too bad of shame about. Uh, there definitely, definitely areas of improvement, but, uh, if, if we allow this kind of thing, you know, with EQ St. Brown and Justin, Justin Fields next week, that'll be a little bit more concerning. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty close to half their yardage. Uh, the, again, he had 184 yards receiving. They had 395 total yards. So it was, it was pretty close to half. Um, well, one thing that kind of, you know, I was kind of, like I said, going back and watching the game, looking at the, the coaches' film on NFL+. Plus, um, I was I was looking for you know how they were how they were kind of planning against Jeff, Justin Jefferson in the secondary because I wanted to see what what kind of went wrong and. I think there's been there's been some criticism of what Joe Barry like well you know he didn't have a good plan or he didn't have a plan you know people wanted Jair Alexander on him what he was basically doubling Justin Jefferson on every single passing play the only that the sole like plays where he didn't were some of the the big plays that Justin Jefferson got I think the 36 or so yard touchdown uh, near the end of the second half um on this, the his longest play of the play of the uh, afternoon, he uh, it was a sixty-four yard catch and run. Um, it was actually a it was a double team, but the secondary messed it up and weren't able to weren't able to cover him uh, like they should have been. And so there was this. I, I think that you know I can understand wanting to put Jair on Justin Jefferson, but. This this is actually a strategy that Bill Belichick has used a lot, where he'll he'll double the team's number one receiver and put his best corner on their number two receiver, and I think that that's a sound strategy. It just for multitude of reasons, miscommunication. There are some you know the, the Vikings found good ways to attack the Packers whenever they didn't double Justin Jefferson. Um, the, it just it just didn't work uh, to the to the extent that it should have. Yeah, I think that that's a, a, a really good point. Um, I think that Justin Jair Alexander wanting to go one on one against Justin Jefferson is more his, you know, uh, personality speaking more more than anything else. I think that Matt Lafleur knows what he's doing when it comes to coaching. However, I do think that there there comes a point in time where you do need to change something up. I mean, Justin Jefferson kills us every single time. Yeah. You know, so, so hey, in when 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 Minnesota comes to Green Bay, week seventeen, or I think it's week seventeen, it, see what happens if you just put Jair Alexander on on him all day all day long, and see how that matchup plays out. Um, I do agree with you that there is that that there has been success in the past of of the 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 scheme and the type of of um, coverage they're using on Justin Jefferson, but it hasn't been working lately, and and it's clear when you watch the game. Jefferson is getting open no matter what. So uh, I'm open for a change, but I do see your point and then also Matt LaFleur's point just about that what they're doing has worked in the past and for other teams. Yeah. I mean, this, this is the, the defensive style that had got Rasul Douglas, his career high in, high in interceptions and yep. let Eric Stokes have, you know, a really good rookie season like that. 
It's a very very similar concepts, and I it was actually interesting to see the, all the ways they did double them. I'm hoping to you know post some of them later on on social media to kind of illustrate what I'm talking about. But yep. they they were find they were finding ways to try to you know mitigate his impact. They were they were intentionally altering their game plan to try to shut him down. It just the the Vikings were able to find ways to 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 thwart that and. Yeah, like you said, you you hope that they're able to find something that that works better next time. It, it may just come down to you know, players executing better. Those two big passing plays, uh, the thirty-six yard touchdown and the sixty-four yard catch and run, those were both, I think, a, a result of miscommunication between the between the defenders, specifically, um, especially on the the touchdown, Rasul Douglas, who's playing his first game in the slot. I think that there will some of the stuff will be cleaned up as especially Douglas as he kind of gets used to playing there, playing you know, understanding what he needs to communicate to the other members of the secondary, how he needs to play different positions, different routes, that sort of thing. I, I think that this will get fixed. I'm not super worried about the defense going forward. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a, a I mean, this is going to be really good tape to have going forward because you know your defense gets cut up week one, but you know the kind of talent you have, and you can use this tape to learn from and and move forward with going on next week. Speaking of next week, you know we're I think it's a very uh, confidence boosting type of game that Green Bay could could, could yeah. have, uh, especially going after week one. Yeah, uh, it's it's important to remember, you know, even though the Bears won against the Forty ers I think Justin Fields he only completed eight passes. It was not a good offensive performance. The Bears won that game because the 49ers had a ton of penalties. It was raining. And it was crazy weather, and they they turned it over twice. And I don't think, at least the way they turned it over, I don't think that'll happen to the Packers. Um, the, the 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 field conditions had such a massive <laughs> impact on this yeah. game. It was insane to see them play an NFL game on that type of surface. It was it was insane, but. You're right. You know, I, the while the weather did play a factor, I was not impressed at all by Justin Fields. However, I was even less impressed by Trey Lance. So that's a whole that whole separate topic. But um, it was a, a a a tale of two just subpar quarterbacks going at it in some horrible weather. And uh, so yeah, I'm not taking their Bears one no record at all. Yeah. Seriously, coming into week two. <laughs> yeah, kind of as we kind of transition to a little bit of a preview of next week. Um, I think that this actually could be a game where we see a lot more, you know, one-on-one man coverage where Jair is matched up against their best receiver because they don't, they, they've got, they don't have the guys to hold up in protection where I think the Vikings could do that a little bit more. Um, And they don't really have a second receiver, right? If you, if Jair shuts down Darnell Mooney, I mean, Dante Pettis, you know, Equinemi St. Brown, you know, that's, I, those guys are okay. Uh, the only they they didn't have a catch through the first half of last week or of this week's game, um, and I think Pettis's only catch came as the result of like a broken play. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I I, I want to see how EQ St. Brown plays though, because yeah. uh, you know, last week or this week I should say is Darius Smith. That was his revenge game, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and uh, he had one sack. I don't think he I don't think he made a big impact on the game itself. His his sack was early in the game. Yeah. So. Uh, but you know, and now we're going to week two with EQ. So we're going to see if, if they try to feed him the ball, but you're right. You know, that this offense matched up against green Bay's defense is going to be something that they're going to be, they should be able to win consistently and then use as a confidence booster going into week three in Tampa Bay. 
Yeah. Uh, switching over to the offensive side, I'd like to. I think this is a game where I think you can take some shots with. You know, we talked about Christian Watson trying trying to build some trust. The the Bears defense, at least what the way they were playing on this this past Sunday, they were very aggressive. There were there were holes in their in their secondary where they were biting on stuff on play action. They were just they were always moving forward, and the 49ers actually found some nice ways to use that against them. But for a lot of reasons, the weather. You know, just some missed throws by Trey Lance. They weren't able to take advantage. Um, and so that's going to be something I'm looking for. You know, I think that I don't think the Bears pass rush is going to be as good as the Vikings. though. that's still they still kind of emphasize a, a penetrating style, kind of an aggressive style up front. So that will the offensive line still will be important. But I, I think that hopefully Rodgers will have more times to kind of look downfield, find Watson and some of those other deep threats. We're going to see Christian Watson in one of these games, whether it's week two or week five or whatever it is, we're going to see him absolutely go off one game. And it's going to be, and it's going to be because, you know, he's, he's, he's got the drop thing taken care of mentally and he is going to burn defenses. And again, we're going up. Chicago doesn't, doesn't have anyone to write home about on their secondary as far as star, star talent goes. Um, I think Eddie Jackson is, is probably, I believe that's his name is, is their best safety or their best mm-hmm. defensive back. And uh, he hasn't been the same since Adrian Amos left. So it's, it's, it, this is going to be I mean, any one of these weeks, right, is going to be the Christian Watson time. And, and I'm very high on him. Uh, I know he had that bad drop, but I'm very high on Christian Watson going forward. Yeah, same. Well, uh, before we get out of here, was there anything else, any other thoughts you had about either this past week's game or uh, week two? No, that's it. I think that week one is a glorified bye week for Green Bay, and we'll be back <laughs> at it next week. Yeah, well, it's just the just the fourth preseason game. They just got to get that in there. <laughs> All right. Well, ever everyone who's listening, thank you for joining us again for another episode of the Wisconsin Sports Rocks podcast. Uh, you can catch us uh, catch us again next week. Uh, we'll see you around. <laughs>